All right, welcome back everybody to episode 33 of the Precision Unloaded podcast, our second one for 2022. Uh, welcome back, Graham. Hello, Mark. And welcome to everyone. We are live from SHOT Show 2022. It's been a big trip, but we've got here. And uh, my God, is it a big event, Graham? Yeah, I mean, some may wonder how we got here, but um, we called up our friend, his wife, she's pretty important in the government, so we... We got MIQ spots, nice and easy to come back, and um, yeah, looking forward to a good couple of days in Las Vegas. Yeah, our hotels are great. Um, I mean, we've got oh, two thousand four hundred odd exhibitors to get around, so it's going to be a lot of legwork, but yeah. it's all for the greater good. Anyway, we've had a good look around today at some of the booths, and uh, some interesting stuff to go through. So that's uh, tonight's episode live from Shot Show. We're going to talk about some of the new stuff that we've found on our travels around. <laughs> sure are. <laughs> Graham, stop. are you being distracted again? Yeah, I'm being just, sorry. Stay away from the strippies, for God's yeah. sake. I can't help it. <laughs> Righto. You lost most of your money in the first night, but anyway. Yeah. All right. And I guess the thing that's been on everyone's... Uh, Everyone's lips lately is uh, the Razer HD Gen 3 6 36 by 56 FFP, Graham. Uh, and tonight we're going to sort of kick it off by blindsiding you with questions around things like this, so um, I shall fire away. What's your first impressions, Graham? <laughs> okay, this is blindsided me slightly. Um, first impressions uh, would be... It's expensive is probably the thing that pops to most people's minds. Um, you mean the US MSRP of $3,999? Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be looking around 8,000 Kiwi, I guess, 7,000, 8,000 yep. Kiwi. Yep. Um, by the time they convert it and then um, chuck a couple of dollars on for the trouble. Uh, so to be an 8,000 New Zealand dollars optic, uh, you're sort of in that um, tangent theta price point uh, which to be fair even I'm not sure those are worth that much so um, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, hey yeah I'm, I'm no top level tier operator so um, but again look again I haven't played one I haven't shot one but they look like they'll be an excellent scope like all of the Razer line has been um, whether they've missed the mark on pricing I don't know that's a lot of money man um, for the average Joe I mean you'll see people who are sort of sponsored by um, Vortex and stuff, sort of preaching um, from the top of the church tower about them. But, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Um, that's a lot of money, like I said. So that's yeah. my main hang-up on it is the cost. Um, I'm sure yeah. the function will right be right. excellent. Let's move past that then. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I forget you're a Vortex. Are you getting that second Vortex sponsorship? Is, is that you? Know? <laughs> my yeah. second one? No, this, you're uh, the second. For, anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> Depends what I say next, I suppose. <laughs> uh, no, I was—I sort of hadn't really realised there was a well, not a gap in their lineup, but I guess the other—the one that look you're really up against in my mind is the seven to thirty-five Night Force ATAC R mm-hmm. attacker. As in, from current current models that are out. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um, what I—I'm interested in seeing the um, the new Zeiss. Um, it's meant to be coming out in New Zealand next month. 
maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. LR, LRP, what's the model? Um, it looks like a very impressive optic. Again, it'll be in that's probably a little bit less than the Razor, I'm imagining, but a very, very nice um, scope. I guess we just, you get in this new era of sort of premium top tier optics. Um, so we'll see. I, more than likely, I'm going to have one of those to play with. Um, whether I can afford one is uh, another issue all in itself. But um, at least I'll get to get hands on with those, I imagine. Yeah, they're a pretty dedicated uh, type of optic, aren't they? So the LRPS5, the Zeiss one. Yeah, which um, is, yeah, either very imminently coming out as well. It's, it's a good i will say like again same with the razor like these are all obviously they're good looking optics um yeah they're big yeah. the um i'm not sure about the power range on the new razor um was it seven to six to 36 six to 36 um i'd never use that kind of magnification range for, like because this is a competition scope right i'd rather have um like a minimum of five or four what have we got on our um our deltas are 4.5 to 30 so you got yeah. a reasonably low and you've got to be honest slightly more than you need for what i need um although i do like shooting groups with my 22 on high mag but that's about it so it's a very very minor part of what i use the scope for is in that um sort of 20 plus range well you know i started out using a 12 to 42 pair so it's you pretty much the razor would be the natural progression for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really didn't use much above 30 obviously so um and I, I really couldn't go below 12 so that was a, a bit of a hamstring but that was you know it was a good to start out on because I had a nothing of any interest in the reticle just a straight duplex pretty much with a center dot yeah um, I was not a fan of that scope oh pff, anyway it's a winning scope it, it, it was it did win so that's that's a fair fair point um I, yeah. I think it's it's a timely yeah. anyway. I mean, they've put out a lot of um, mid-range stuff lately. So your um, Strike Eagles and the uh, Venom, you know. So they're certainly covering the market. And this one is a premium optic. And from what I've gleaned so far, it certainly performs like a high-end premium optic. So, hmm. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I'll, I wonder, and, and surely they'll have something in the works, but the, uh, the, the PST... Um, Gen 2 must be overdue for an upgrade too. Yeah, um, so give me a history lesson here. So when I first got involved in this giant money pit, um, that is shooting this stuff, uh, <coughs> PST Gen 2s were pretty common. They were, in, they were very common. I mean, yeah, back- what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is they were, I don't know, they seemed to be the go-to in a way. Yeah, for like a medium... Yeah, sort of price. I think the Gen Twos were about two thousand um, dollars. Right. Yep. 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 So it's still a lot, a lot of cash, but they they were very popular for quite a while. Um, you don't again. You don't see as many now. You're getting a lot of. There's a lot of better options out there than the PST Gen Two for less money. There's no but way at around the that. time they were pretty good at the yes. price point. Yeah. Though. Oh yeah, they've just been um, times left. Now you can get one that's still going to work just fine. From what, um, from my experience, I had a couple of them. They didn't have the reliability issues that the Generation One had. Yeah, um, breaking like my first Vortex, literally bought it. We're driving home from work, and I took the from the passenger seat. I took it out of the box, turned the elevation turret, and it came off into my hand. You know, so broken in the box. And um, 
but then again, I've got another Gen 1 here that's been going good for six years with no problem. Yeah. So, um, but again, again, they seemed that they got through that, and um, the Gen 2 were pretty good. But just times, just times moved on with with what you can get for um, yeah, yeah. better scope for less money, essentially. I mean, I did have a squiz through the Razer HD Gen 3 1 to 10 oh, a yeah. year or so ago. That oh, was nice. pretty impressive for yeah. Um, yeah. LPVO. Yeah. I do very, I do like those. Nice. Yes. They're not so, a cheap LPVO either, are they? They're about three. No, no. Yeah. No. But they basically go from. There's a truckload of pretty expensive LPVOs out there. so. Okay. Is there, this, this is an area where I know very little LPVOs. Yeah, yeah. So we won't go there, but yeah. um, we can go right down to you. El Cheapo Swamp Fox 1 to 10. Swamp Fox, which you, classic Mark, bought it instantly disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no offence to them. I mean, it's in its price point, but, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not great on the old parallax thing. But anyway, <laughs> It'd be good for the 30-30. It's, yeah, it's got its use. but um, It'll be good on your 44 Magnum, actually. It's significantly worse than the Atabal 1 to 10 I've got. Is it? So, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And that, that was... I think when I imported that, it wasn't much different in price, but the Atabal is streets ahead in quality and optics. Anyway. Okay. But anyway, that's the um, Razer HD Gen 3, the scope we've never seen or never used. and now. <laughs> one thing I might say I about... I our opinion. Yeah. I think it's got tool zero. Uh, one I thing know. I may... Yes, it does, from Re-Zero. watching the video. Yeah. Um, one thing I might uh, caveat about the Zeiss LRP, there's also mm. the... Um, 318-50 model S5 318-50 and that's a 3 to 18 by 50 so that's oh, yeah. that's a cool option a little bit smaller yeah. um, I imagine it's still got plenty of internal adjustment I'm not sure of the exact amount FFP the nice big turrets uh, smaller objective which ain't always a bad thing um, yeah that's that's another cool option the, the 3 to 18 as great, a, great little 22 one uh, well yeah or just I don't know you, I, you don't always need high mag, eh? But anyway, it's um, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, um, cool. And um, I'm, full disclosure, I do shoot a few ice scopes and get sent their gear to play with. Um, hence why I'm probably a bit more favourable. But I um, huh, yeah, that's interesting. Bro. <laughs> You're like you don't know. Um, not sponsored though. I just I just get to play with this stuff. Um, so again, I doubt I'll get a razor to play with, but I will probably get a Zeiss LRP. So um, no wonder the Zeiss stand at the shot show said "Hello, Graham" when you walked past. So. Yeah, well, I was actually probably meant to be behind the counter, trying to flog them yeah. off for my super successful shooting career, so people care what I say <laughs> with my one first place. Um, yeah, razor. So what's what's next on our tonight's um, itinerary of uh, new products and topics and things to talk about, mate? Well, so then I was going through, as we're walking around the shot show, in my mind, if you haven't worked out already, but um, I was like, I wonder what the biggest selling rifles were, so I thought I'd quiz you on, uh, what's, what do you think, the, this is American data, okay, what's what? the biggest selling semi-auto rifle last year? As in brand? Well, no, down to the rifle, but it's probably, you know, a group of rifles under I'd, that. I'd say AR pattern, and then for pistols it'll be Glocks. Well, semi-autos go with something like a Ruger ten twenty-two, maybe. Was it? Yeah. To be fair, I imagine last year in the states it would have been whoever could manufacture the most. Yeah. Um, with how their climate was. As a side question, how many pistols do you think Glock sold in America last year? Uh, It's one point three million or something like that. 
damn it uh, was i correct yes i watched the backfire channel <laughs> it was just yesterday so did he yeah because yeah. i find him annoying but he is like, annoying he probably finds us annoying if he could be bothered listening yeah, um I'm sure he's listening uh, yeah and that's that'd be and that's just american civilian sales too so that's um pretty impressive and um yeah, so the Smith & Wesson MP Sport 2, which is a 22 LR as well, came in second. Uh, Anderson Manufacturing AM15, never heard of it. Obviously the Ruger AR556, which used to exist here. And the Colt M4. And right, bolt actions, top selling bolt action rifle. Ooh, that's a good question. I know Howler sits in like number three or four. Eh. Wrong, okay. Uh, top, ooh, Remington. This, this, this company has three of the top five. They be, oh, is it Bagaris? What is no, it? No, God, not Spanish. God. No, there's American factories too. Disgusting. <laughs> what are the, you tell me then? Ruger American Rifle, number one. RPR? No, Ruger American Rifle. Oh, Ruger American, sorry. The, um, so that covers quite a broad. you got the American range. Ranch, the American Predator. Yeah, yeah. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Was there yeah, a number one precision category? Uh, not really, because who cares? It's not a very big market, Graham. Um, <laughs> not compared to hunting, no. Someone did remind me this the other day because I said about I was talking about scopes with them, and they said, "Do you realise you know the market the mass the market's massive for people who don't want hash marks in their scopes? So that's why <laughs> companies like Leopold and that don't probably care. don't focus. Yeah, don't care too much. Maybe oh, you know they care obviously, yeah. but there's they sell a truckload more that don't have all the flashy little ticks and scratches in them so anyway number two is Tika T3X wow, wow. Non, non-american brand yeah I was surprising because they tend to slyly slag off the Tika the old but, uh, but what do you I mean Remington hasn't been making America. bugger rules so what's yeah <laughs> well you can't when you're bankrupt and broken up Graham. well they they, they soon realised that ammo was with fortune and started making ammo again pretty quick but Tika eh that's, a, that's cool that's yeah and then the old Savage Ten One Ten comes in third. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so the, I mean, the Tikas, I mean, probably in general a little bit higher end than the the, the Ruger Americans and the, and the the Savage One Tens, but the um, both of those are sort of an affordable every man's rifle. Yeah, and then the trusty pickup truck of precision rifles, the RPR, comes in at four. Did it? That's yep. pretty impressive. Because you, 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 they seem to be becoming less popular here, especially in the and the um, 30865 Kremel ones, but you're seeing no, yeah. more of the Magnums. People look at you like you've fallen on hard times and haven't had a job for five years if you're shooting one. That's weird, eh? And then you yeah. get your ass beat by it, and you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> 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 yeah. Fucking Carl comes and kicks your ass with a fucking 308 shooting big heavy bullets. and Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so RPR's still going strong. That's cool. I imagine the, the Magnum models have um, definitely pushed up their sales because... You know, affordable three hundred PRC, yeah. yeah. affordable ish three hundred PRCs, six fives, three um, three eights, three hundred So, um, and yeah, they, that certainly they do gave work. some legs. They yeah. do work. They're, I don't like their twenty twos, but they're the that's set. actually fifth. Is it? Mm. God, you think they could put precision rimfire? They could put a bit more bloody effort into it, couldn't they? You know, you know how much I love mine. Yeah, not, um, not many people I know do like theirs. To be fair, but I hear there is a few good ones out there though. But um, not yeah, yours, isn't it? Must have got a dud. It's not not that it isn't accurate. It just fucking no, no. It's very accurate. It's just uh, has uh, reliability feeding issues. Yeah, majorly due to the slack cleaning regime of the owner. 
Yeah. Lever actions, who cares? Um, yep, exactly. The top four spots are Henry, 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 Henry. So yep. I'm assuming just no one else can make them at the moment. So. Yep. Um, although I see that Ruger, which owns Marlins, now brought out a, their first manufacturing effort under the Marlin brand by Ruger, if you follow my drift. So. Mm-hmm. Um, shotguns, obviously they're not into bird hunting because the Benelli M4 Tactical is number one. And then the Mossberg 930, and you have to go all the way down to 5th to find the Breda A400, which is a waterfowl-type gun. I imagine, again, that's centred around uh, home defence rather than, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> and then, because that's why the top-selling pump action is the abomination that is the Mossberg 590 Shockwave, <laughs> which would be... A lot of fun to shoot with no buttstock at all. But is that I, is that the one that was just a pistol grip? Yeah. Moss... Bug, bugger all of one of that. Shockwave. Well, shockwave. I'm going to look at this bugger. Anyway, and we won't go into things that we can't even get here. So. Oh, man, that is a piece of shit. Why are people buying that? I guess, again, if someone's breaking through your front door and there's a riot going on and the police don't come. Anyway. Um, actually, in the images, it well, shows that... At least that... You, you could get away with saying you accidentally shot them because they're so inaccurate. You could pre- probably realistically argue that you didn't hit them on purpose. So. There's a there's one with like a rail and everything, so you can put a red dot on it. <laughs> That's yeah. going to help. It's, so what it is, it's how they get around their um, short barrel uh, rules over there. Yeah, NFA. Oh, yeah, okay. bullshit. Yeah. 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 Right. All right. <clears throat> that was my side side show before the main show uh so now we're going to 12 tech driving hunting rifles from the 2022 shot show my next topic and we're going to start off with my god a benelli lupo limited edition limited edition i I thought the fact that they don't ever sell them for a year would make them limited edition enough yeah i put a wooden stock on it there you go (laughs) cool (laughs) you're such a hater i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna look it up I do like it, but I don't. It's not worth the money. At all. Blah blah blah. Now, fair enough. You, you agree? Yep. Uh, have you seen many of those Franchi momentums around? Oh, I think Magnum Sports has got a few Franchis in the. Yeah, but have you seen them in the wild? I'm no. just wondering how many they've sold. I mean, they're apparently a nice gun. So, is it um, uh, what's it called down in Invercargill? Um, Delta Mike? Don't they sell a bunch of like Franchi, like semi-tactical? That's Sabati, is it? Oh, Sabati. Okay. Sabati. Okay, I'm Sabati? confused. Sabati? Sorry. Yeah. Bad pronunciation. Anyway, they brought up coming out with a uh, 350 Legend and 6.4 PRC calibers in those rifles. Those are but, very polar opposite calibers. The exciting one I want to talk about is the Begara MG Lite. Have you seen this? I have seen this. So it's a, oh, let's break. It's like a Christian Shinarms MPR, e.g., the it's a light stock, light barrel type rifle, isn't it? So if, we, if we're if we're going to categorise it, but the thing that I'm most interested in is they they, they claim to have solved the carbon fibre barrel problem, if there ever was one. But I do think there was with some of them. The way they're manufactured, I don't know, in terms of wandering around under heat. But, yeah, this um, is after you do like 30 shots out of your 2 to 3 though, oh, super oh, fast. Okay, okay. <laughs> but this one here, yeah, so so no, they've actually put a, obviously a, a shit ton of resource into their um, 
basically what they call cure carbon barrels. Don't know why. Um, so it's essentially a <clears throat> getting steel and carbon working together, both mechanically and thermodynamically. So the barrels contain a center wrap weave that's designed to blah blah move heat. Yeah. Down the barrel, that sort of thing, and conduct heat away from the chamber and efficiently and consistently, etc., etc. So anyway, they think they've come up with a brand new, great um, carbon barrel technology, which is good. So the rifles themselves have uh, basically a magnesium titanium, you know, magnesium type chassis, um, and obviously it comes out in. Barrel lengths of 22 or 24. And, uh, yeah, it's a folding chassis. So I think, yeah, I guess it looks like, well, quite pricey, but... Um, Was it about 4,000 US in it? 3.2. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be a six seven $7,000 Kiwi. So coming in with 6.8 pounds. Yeah. It's... So they're punching right up there in terms of... Uh, you know, it's a pretty expensive custom build to a degree. So, well, I mean, it's it's still it's still just a big R action, right? And it's just a XLR yep. chassis, the magnesium chassis, which you can buy off the shelf anyway. It's not a proprietary chassis, although the one they have does oh, have yeah, XLR big... element. Yeah, 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 you can you can get all that stuff here. Now, I imagine you'd have to special order in the magnesium because it'd be yeah. expensive. You buy this can't buy butt stocks, and then. Just the barrel, so I mean, you could replicate it. You wouldn't have their new um, Wizbang carbon barrel. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Hey, cool. Um, it's this. Um, the thing with carbon for me, not a lot of experience. I know you've got several. Um, no. If, if the the idea generally mm-hmm. is 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 lighter weight hunting, taking less shots, not so much culling or target shooting to the extent we do. So, how, what's the issue, like, if you're wandering at, like, 10 shots, I don't know, maybe. But, I mean, that's cool. It's development. It's things getting better. Um, you could possibly see carbon coming into match guns, um, you know, with a nice lightweight sort of carbon fiber gun and a low-recoiling cartridge, like 6BR or GT or something. And, yeah. Um, maybe something there. But, yeah, cool, though. But, again, a lot of dosh. Um, you could be getting a full custom hardy built for that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. To be fair, there's guys like you who just want to turn up to the shop and pick it up and not have to wait for six months for it to be built. So, <clears throat> yeah, interesting nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. And Bagara's came out with a couple of, another rifle, Canyon, lightweight, 6.2 pounds, uh, seven chamberings, sort of thing. So, so, they're, so they're really pushing into that, that lightweight hunting market, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the other, mod, the other model is that more of a traditional stock style? Yeah. Because the hard thing in New Zealand, I guess, would be trying to convince a hunter to carry a chassis. Um, yeah. Like hard sort of square edges and stuff. Um, like I wouldn't have an issue carrying that gun around. No way. It would be fine. But um, it's, there's a different culture here when it comes to what is considered by the masses a hunting rifle. Not that it matters. All it's going to do is throw a bullet out. But um, <laughs> Yeah. You'd get a hold of it and chop the barrel off and make it a super bush pig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mod a panaka ca- on it. Why is all this carbon fibre Actually, fra- it, frayed at the end? It already, 
<laughs> chopped it off. Not even straight either on the piss. Um, it's mm, actually, mm. I will say, I mean, it's the element chassis. It has an inbuilt arc array, which is nice. Um, tripods are becoming more common overseas for hunting. I still don't see a lot of it here. Not that I'm a big-time hunter guy. Like like optics cuts on pistols, basically having an arc rail underneath now is pretty much should be by default almost. You know, Ag- agreed. You're, you're, almost, you're almost going, it's yeah. got no arc, you know, because it's really just a, a groove, pretty easy to, well, you know, to machine into it. Where you go, oh, yeah, so. no, 100%. No, you're right, especially on anything semi-precision related now. Yeah. If it doesn't have one or if it does not have the... Um, it doesn't have to be an end knot necessarily, but enough like a bolt-on points underneath the forend to put one on. Um, it's it's yeah. pretty quickly reaching the point of when they put out a gun without a threaded muzzle. And you're like, oh, for God's sake! <clears throat> yeah, because it's just it's just a hassle, isn't it? It's like, yeah, you know, it would have taken them like no, no time in the factory whatsoever and cost another five dollars. But instead, you've got to pull the gun apart, send it away, hundred two hundred dollars later, get it back. Um, and it means you can order it straight out of the box use your hellishly expensive Skypod. That is true. Although I still don't have an ARCA one. I've still got a Pickett anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, the other thing I moved on to was CZ600 series. So this is quite an interesting little group of new rifles. And the one that took my interest was uh, a little 16-inch collapsible buttstock AR-15 style pistol grip. So what it looks like is a bit like the Sig Cross. Oh yeah, uh, with a short barrel and everything. So it actually be, would be a really, if it was long enough still to meet our regulations, would be a good. That's where we're going down that path of carrying around a chassis rifle in the in the bush. Oh yeah, three. it's two to three and seven six two thirty nine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's cool. Mm-hmm. That six CZ six hundred Ergo looks pretty cool. They do, yeah. Um, um, I do tell you what. We'll be here soon. Is some uh, some of the fixed rifles from Q. There's meant yeah. to be a handful of those coming into country soon. Um, What's their claim to fame? Because um, you don't know that. Nope. Uh, they are like a short, collapsible, tactical-looking little sort of. Um, recon style mini bolt gun. Um, yeah, they're called the Fix, the FIX, FIQ. Um, I'll send you a link. Um, pretty popular in the States, I think. Yeah, NZ Millsurf slash Tactical Imports is bringing them in. Um, I think they do that 8.6 black as well, which is like a, a, um, like a really big subsonic cartridge. Yeah, another interesting gun. They've been around for a few years. Um, and I think they've got sort of a either yeah, but they're a proprietary bolt and a new design and stuff like that. Um, be interesting anyway. And what else? Some of our old friends at Weatherby. Uh, oh God! Why are we talking about boomer guns? <laughs> no, they've put out a, a two point version of their titanium actioned backcountry rifle, so which uh, comes in at a scant four point seven pounds. Well, it went about probably about four thousand US dollars. Uh two and a half to three seven gram pretty it's pretty light yeah. to be fair yeah. yeah yeah it's very light though yeah um carbon fiber barrel carbon fiber st- a new lighter carbon fiber stock the lightest on the market they claim and then you pair that with some super high recoiling weatherby magnum cartridge and shit yeah <laughs> wonder why you miss everything um 
yeah so so that's so it appears to be one of the trends anyway this year's releases is um uh heavy uh, sorry lightweight backcountry rifles isn't it yeah hunting elk hunting bears and stuff and um yeah one thing uh, actually i'll let you carry on and i'll talk about that no no that's right uh and then I saw this interesting, I don't think I've seen these before either, Huskmore Scopes. It's a hell of a name. Yeah. They have elevation and windage on the same turret. What? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Because they could. Because they're trying to be innovative. Yeah. Yeah. But, but even more excitingly, they had a scope with, which I think you might have seen, with the bubble level inside it. I so did see you, I did see When that. you look through it, you can see the bubble level. And then they're going to have it so you can have your TikTok feed running in the corner and you can watch TikTok videos all day while you're shooting. Yeah, so, that'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so SIG did the um, level plex for probably the last five years, which is quite a nice feature in some of these scopes. Um, yeah, all the, any of the electro-optic SIG ones have got it pretty mm. much, I think. And yeah. my thermal scopes have had it too. Yeah. So the pulsars. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's not that sensitive though no to be fair with thermals you're not shooting very far either but um yeah so that's pretty cool um yeah hunting guns eh cool i say actually to be fair how i have a new rifle out too there's super light which is a what i understand is a um it's an action length that's shorter than the short action but longer than the mini action or something (laughs) like it's a it's a it's a different action size just to pull down a weight and then they've got um super lightweight barrels carbon and lightweight stocks um yeah something they've been about four pounds starting at four pounds two ounces so there'll be the little little calibers i imagine yeah um yeah it's quite light and then they do same thing in carbon yeah so i mean everyone seems to be pushing this um lightweight gun thing it's the it's the current cool cool thing we had the Hauer their the carbon models come out last year and now we've got this new light stalker super light stalker elevate and while we're talking about uh Hauer and Mark, Mark and I talked about this a heap of times um this year we are finally getting the six millimeter arc um which is going to be fucking cool so in how mini action, uh, twenty inch barrel. Um, I would have preferred a twenty four, but this never going to happen. Um, yeah, so a six millimeter arc. So we can now pretty much guarantee you will be uh, seeing arc on uh, the various social media things we do, and then we'll have a talk about it here. So I'm actually probably what I'm most excited about cause something I'll, I'll, I should play with a lot. Hopefully, but whenever it turns up, if it turns up, hopefully mid year. I don't know, but. Um, I'll probably get one and put in a little Oryx chassis and um, I don't know, chuck, chuck some scope on it and um, yeah, it'll be quite fun. Um, nice, super low recoiling 6mm and still shooting sort of heavy for the class 6mm bullets. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think it'll be good, especially if you use monolithic CX bullets. Oh, there's some coming in the mail, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, I just see Hornady's, but they talked about this two months ago, so or more the copper alloy lead-free bullets. Oh, they're a they're a hunting style one, aren't they? For like a lot of countries yeah, now have yeah. hunting projectile. Yeah, yeah, they have rules on hunting game with lead. 
like yes. California and a few different countries and stuff. I think England and Europe are moving that way. I actually think the industry is preemptively changing to lead-free before the legislation even comes in in Europe. Anyway, um, I imagine we will probably get there too for some silly reason. But um, but yeah, so 6mm arc, that's going to be cool. And I'll just shoot the 108, the LDMs, um, if, yeah. I, if I can get some. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, anyway, what else, Mark, before we move on to a few other topics? What, what else happened at your trip to the sec, uh, sorry, not sex show, shot show? Sex show, shot show. Uh, no, that was about it, really. Um, I've got a few other, we had a look around the straight pools, so we thought we'd probably dovetail into talking about that. <laughs> it's, the, the straight pool thing, it came up on um, a Facebook group recently, um, and Mark and I have been talking about the Savage Impulse uh quite a bit for the last maybe six months um mark subscribes to some weird um email updates and he seems to like to forward them on to me um but that looks like a pretty cool innovative option whether it's um something that's viable for precision shooting um i imagine the accuracy will be fine but whether the actuating that sort of bolt um that's probably the thing i'm most interested in for for these straight pulls is how they're going to go into the precision world i'm not overly interested in auto release as in so what a lot of them will do is you have to pull the bolt to the rear and then you just let it go and it will um it'll it'll run itself back to the front so that's less so like, like my like my browning one yeah you, you, uh what's it called a um lupo no not right. lupo that's the other bloody one you got um morale morale yeah yeah. So I'm not huge on the auto closing. So the savage, there's nice because you have to, I believe, um, uh, push the bolt forward. And, and, yes, you pull it back, pull it push forward. Yeah. yeah, and I guess that's. Um, I mean, to be fair, if you could just release, let it go and release, it and take your hand straight down the trigger, something could be said for that. Um, but um, yeah, uh, there's also the fims uh, rifles are coming in, which are like a sort of a. Bull. But on that, there's okay. So there's the Beretta hunting rifle, the BRX one, which is oh, coming, yeah, coming out. That's super fud. Yeah. But it, oh, right, I know, yes. But I'm just saying. Have you ordered that? And the impulse, what that and the impulse have in common is that you can swap the bolt to the other side. That's that's a big thing for those people who so, are wrong-handed. So yeah. If you're using, say, if you because Savage has announced the Elite Precision, so a chassis version of the impulse, right? So would you swap the bolt to the left-hand side? Anyway, and, and keep my trigger hand. Yeah. Ooh. I'd have to build a whole new manual of arms on how I operated the rifle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we run it how we run it. You know, rear bag. Um, yeah. A, a spare hand supporting the rear stock and, and holding the rear bag. And um, but if you could not, that's an interesting concept. I don't know. I don't know. I don't actually. I would attempt to play with it at least. Um. But then I'd go back to a fucking a, my whatever. See, I think then I'd want the bolt handle further forward. Because your hands. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It wouldn't be that. Oh, anyway. I'd just keep it right-handed. I think. But oh, it's probably worth a play. But it's. It's because you can't adapt, Graham. But you know. Change is like, bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so, go on to these other AR-type ones. So the FIMS is of um, FIMS F I M S or something. They're a quite an interesting looking thing. I guess they kind of kind of look like a desert tech in a way, and they're a um, they're a straight pull. But the I believe the lever is up. It runs on sort of an 
a rod and um, so it's a bullpup like I said sorry it's the mags behind the magazines um, behind the trigger group by a significant portion on these and then I believe the the um, charging handle is above your hand so I think it's not too much of a motion um, I could be wrong on the position of that the, the picture I'm looking at doesn't show it that well um, and that has an auto release the one thing I'll say the bolt handle whatever you want to call it on these does look a bit small and fiddly um, if I was to buy one I'd probably machine up something a bit more substantial um, just so when you're sort of trying to move fast you're not just um, you get a bit more to grab onto I guess uh, adjustable cheek rests I think they're adjustable length pull they come um, all railed out I'm, I'm not sure about Arca there's meant to be there's a couple actually in New Zealand at the moment getting police um, uh, so if you bring in a new model of rifle has to go to the police to make sure it doesn't breach any of the um, whatever the firearms act of the time is I know there's some down there at the moment getting tested there's a small chance we might get one to play with um, maybe we'll see we never, we never know but um, where are these people from? the the rifles I think they're from yeah. Las Vegas or somewhere somewhere okay. in America yeah um, they're interesting uh, again they take um, AR pattern mags so you'd be running some AR-10 yeah. 10 rounders or that's what the rpr run i think um the magpul ones yeah it could it could be interesting the bullpup concept i am still i kind of want to get my hands on a bullpup bolt action essentially like your 50 yeah but in 65 pre more or 308 or some something and actually see what the manual of arms ends up being if i can use it as effectively as I can a standard bolt action. I'm unsure whether I'd... If, if that makes sense, because you're, reach, you're reaching quite far back to um, to work the bolt. So, I mean, on the 50, it's a super long bolt throw, So it's and, and you're not doing, like, a large number of consecutive sort of rapid shots. So it's no. not, not really an issue, right? But with a... An S, was it a 6.5, like the SRS or whatever they're called from Desert Tech. Yeah. I'd want to be moving it fast because I'm competing. <clears throat> now this here, because the operating um, handle is, I believe, just above the... Actually, I can see it in the photo. It is, it's sort of above and forward of the trigger, so you should be able to sweep your hand up and actuate the bolt. Um, so in the straight pull design, it looks like it's going to be a bit better than the bolt action. So, yeah, I don't know. I just I don't have the time on the systems to say whether they are going to be superior than a bolt gun a, a, a standard bolt action layout we shall find out this year hopefully hopefully we, we should actually get a few things to play with one thing that we are going to play with dust dust off the morale to be fair we have promised and i'll probably say on here we're going to do a video of the morale we'll do some shooting mm. out to a k we've at, mm. we've got a pot a small pile of match grade ammo for it i think yeah um which we've had for about two years um, so that will happen. To be fair, it's just us being lazy and, and, and committing ourselves to too much other stuff, um, which we'll get touch on later. So one thing we will get to play with, I think, if we're lucky this weekend, is in a New Zealand manufactured straight pull, uh, loosely based on an AR design. Obviously, it's um, New Zealand compliant. Uh, and that is the GBC Abyss SP1, I think it is. It's Series 2. So it's in five, five, six, or two, two, three, one and nine twists. So not one and eight like I would like, but I imagine it's more intended for the lighter weight bullets. Um, I think this rifle is uh, styled towards 
something for three gun shooters who are still trying to cling on to their sport. <clears throat> um, yeah, um, again, New Zealand made in Rotorua by uh, gun supplies. Um, yeah, I actually, I actually went over there once. They gave me the tour through their facilities. Um, it was a pretty cool place. This was back in the, the heyday of um, semi-automatics. They were, at the time, pumping out New Zealand made um, components for AR-15s. I think they even did full guns. Uh, and they did a heap of custom work. Very, very cool place. They had a lot of, lot of high-end um, machining gear there, and then a lot of high-end rifles and some very, very cool stuff to sell. Um, but again, looks like they're, they're moving into this. Um, they are not cheap. They're about four thousand New Zealand dollars. Um, Three eight four nine. Yep. But I mean, to be fair, it's machined in New Zealand, so I mean, and a lot of it's well, it's a lot of it is proprietary stuff because they won't let you run AR components and case you modify it into a semi um yeah but cool uh, i hope again hopefully we get a little fiddle with one of these on the weekend and we can um at least when we talk about the subject again in the future offer us some ah. some series of, of opinions we might even so it's in two two three yeah which yeah. is pretty cool um i, I actually th- i believe this the, the rifle we're talking about the the guy who owned it, he will be shooting it in the two to three class at our um long range challenge event as well on the Sunday, so it's going to get used in comps, and um, yeah, the only thing that sucks is you're limited to a ten round mag, um, obviously due to um, communism. But um, yeah, so that's another one. That's New Zealand made, which is cool because I mean, um, to be fair, those those firms they're not going to be cheap rifles either. Um, no, I mean, I imagine the what's going to be the cheapest will probably be the Savage. Yeah, which still hasn't uh, really landed, I don't think so. No, the morale is... And three, I don't know if it will. The morale's about three grand. Three, two, you can find them for. Yeah. yeah. God, do you think they're worth it? I don't know, Not I don't know about the morale. Yeah, I do, absolutely. Worth every cent. Yeah, because you've got buyer's remorse otherwise. Correct. I'm pretty sure the last time that was shot is when we sh- shot it with Carl, like, just after you bought it. Good things take time, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know about the morale, but anyway, um, it's um, maybe because of the styling. It, it'll, it'll shoot fine. I think they're an X bolt style gun, otherwise, aren't they? So narrow minded. <laughs> well, I, I like what I like. It is what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no three hundred three, that's for sure. But yeah, this <laughs> there, there is so there is some cool stuff. Actually, I mean, there is military um, straight pulls. We won't talk about those. Um, there is. Yes, I, to be fair, I'm quite looking forward to the Fims and the Savage, if we can get our hands on a Savage. Um, we should message the importer and um, see if they are bringing some in. But um, one of those in 6mm Creedmoor would be a pretty cool... Bring in another 5. Yeah, well that's what happened Mark with the Valkyrie. He, he annoyed them that much that so they bought in 5 and he bought one and they've still got 4 sitting on the shelf. It's an old story. Yes, but they're probably still there. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Mine's getting a new lease on life anyway. There is. Talk about that. Talk about the Valkyrie. Yeah, so basically putting an XRS, MDT XRS chassis on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and MDT is finally putting out 224 Valkyrie pattern mags. So they're coming in in a couple of months. So I have 10 shot mags for it. And that will solve its biggest problem which is the complete shite three round magazine that it came with which yes. doesn't even feed very well yes uh, you have to run the bolt very slow for it to work if you try yeah. and go fast it just turns to yeah. 
custard. So that, it's, that, a, it's a really yeah great to shoot and very accurate rifle still, we, and the, the round I do like. So it actually take yeah because it's ballistically it's very capable. It's like a super two two three right. It's which everyone loves. Um, 88, 88 those, loves those eighty eight green. Yeah, I think it was an eight. Guns. I think we had that. We got to finish the load development, but eighty eights at like two seven fifty or something. Yeah, it was good, and um, it, it's hammers hammers out to a K in, in reasonable wind conditions. Um, but yeah, the biggest letdown again was the factory magazine. But so now, hopefully, this um, solves a lot of that, and it'll actually be a viable little medium range gun. Um, yeah, and the stock will be better too. It's, it's the the XRS is like a crossover, isn't it? Really, I suppose. <clears throat> but it's yeah, it will be make it a useful for a medium range PRS type setup. Do you think it will get unretired now that yeah you, you ended up? Because unfortunately, yeah. for a while there, it was one of your sort of everyday goat guns, and now it's um. Yeah, I was enjoying dropping stuff with it, but you really only had to drop three goats. Because then you'd fiddle around, trying to get more rounds in it and stuff. So it will be good to have some ten round mags. Yeah, yeah, that will be good. Um, but yeah, so there's a bit happening there. Um, yeah, as for straight pulls, again, we haven't actually got our hands on bugger all apart from the uh, morale to play with. So who knows? You never know. We might get some more stuff to have a fiddle with. Yeah, we'll get hold of a BRX one. Oh, is that the the Benelli? The Beretta. Beretta, Beretta sorry. Come yeah. Maybe you can you can talk to your friends in New Plymouth and they might lend us one. Um, it's got the same interesting feature of reversible swap. You can swap sides of the bolt. That's a that's a cool thing though with modern engineering. Mm. Um, actually, to be fair, I, I think the FIMS does that as well. From memory, the only thing I find weird about that is that when you, it's basically completely exposed at the rear like that's got a if you take the bolt out the top of the receiver is not even connected to the bottom of the receiver is this is this the bloody um the brx the the bread the burrito but the straight pull bolt action yeah i'm just googling it burrito brx images oh Oh, it kind of looks like a blazer. Yep. Yeah. Actually, that's one thing. I, to be fair, um, we haven't mentioned it. It's blazers. Or strasser. I don't know what strasser is. It's another... Well, put it in the category of very expensive European straight okay. I mean, I, to be fair, I I could maybe get a blazer demo gun at some point. Now that Outdoor Sports is the importer. Um so like I, th- I believe I could be wrong, but Mauser, Sauer, and um, and Blaser all fall under the same family in Europe. Oh yeah. Um, hence why Blaser ended up moving over to outdoor sports. I think it was a just an ease of um, importing, you know, through one company. Um, you you're right though. When the bolt is out of the uh, the BRX, it does look quite bizarre. Um, very bizarre as the rail's not real looks doesn't look well supported but i yeah. imagine they've come up with something to solve that it, it actually to be fair looks very um very similar just outward appearance wise to a blazer um, i imagine it's quite different but um yes yeah, so if you look up a strasser rs14 evolution that's um in the blazer mold type thing 
price wise, especially if you go three and a half thousand euros from from three and a half thousand euros. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Ugh. God, they're not very nice looking, are they? What? Oh, they're just. You know, okay, you're going to see a gun on Friday called a Mass 36. They've got a similar looking receiver, except the Mass 36 looks better. Um, yeah. Great. If, 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 if guns could all look the same, what would you have them looking like? 303s. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, so it's the it's what looks odd on them and what we're not used to nowadays. In... You want a Sarko Bavari- Bavarian look? You know, the fully wooded stock right to the end of the barrel? I, sh- I kind of like that. Um, <laughs> CZ do a couple of nice ones too. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, the, the, you haven't really had split stocks as in when the butt stock and the four end are, are two pieces for a long time since... Um, 303s and since um, no sorry not 303s like mass 36s and stuff like that so it's oh, and 303s um, but yeah it's it's just an old fashioned look where the, the it bolts onto one end of the chassis and the other to the front so anyway these are probably really obscure guns we, no they are they are like the Strasser Unic Carbon you have a look at that oh god Unic Carbon isn't eunuch when you have your balls cut off? No, that's different spelling. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, that doesn't look so bad in carbon. Yeah, there you go. It look, still looks stupid, but it's not as bad. Fair enough. How much is that? Probably five thousand euros, though. It's got a twelve-year uh, warranty. To the, to the model overview. Hmm. <laughs> Forty-seven hundred dollars. Four... <laughs> Not dollars, so euro. There's a five thousand euro model for you. So, oh, there is yeah. too. Mm. Shit, five thousand. Mm. So ten ten k NZ. Mm-hmm. If you if you bought it there, without yep. having to pay someone to import it. Yep. So probably twelve to thirteen thousand New Zealand dollars. That's yeah. hence why I don't think I've seen many in the wild. Yeah. No. Anyone's got one. Please and send it, it to me. And it will still shoot the same as the Savage Impulse, probably. Ooh, ouch. Ouch, yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, so is that about all our new products, Mark? We've yeah, I think that's it. I mean, there's certainly more to talk about, but um, we'll, we'll save that for another day. <laughs> cool. Um, so what? What in between In between that one, one thing we didn't know, as you opened our show with our um, introduction from SHOT Show. Um, yeah. You've been doing yeah. much shooting over the last week? Fortnight, sorry? Uh, yeah, hot? a little bit. No, no, I've had a few groups visiting, so um, did a bit of a firearm safety and shooting a 22 and 223 up to 500 yards, meters mm-hmm. with them, so they all had fun and managed to hit the 500 yard gong, all of them, so with a bit of adjustment on the 223, the uh, little Howard Mini one, and the TSPX chassis, so they, they thought that was a fantastic afternoon, and then... Uh, uh, Scotty turned up with uh, a few visitors and wanted to shoot a few goats, so I took them to over one side of me, came across the herd at 10 metres, so <laughs> that, that turned into the usual, someone fired too soon and and uh, everything was chaos, So, but they got a couple. And then we took them to the other end of the farm, down to the Bowers Valley brawl area, um, and uh, his daughter smacked a gun over first shot at 500 metres across the gully, so that was pretty cool. Yeah? Wow. Mm. Did you go to the um, terraces or...? 
all that time missing yeah uh, top of the terraces top yeah. of the top of the terrace where yeah. the the big target was yeah. basically shooting off there nice all that time missing at the bellows valley brawl gave me a read on the wind so oh did you give her a wind call did you no it's just looks like it's coming straight at us so just aim at it <laughs> go slightly to the right end of the animal what, what was, uh, uh, shooting scotty's 708 or 260 oh his comp gun yeah oh shit cool. with the delta striker and the yep yeah nice. he did fire it when i was standing beside him and didn't have my earmuffs on so i ended up with a bit of a ringing ear for a while so you literally always wear your earmuffs and now that there's a firearm out you Took yeah. them off. Yeah. <laughs> Just because of maybe you're self conscious about it, now I'm deaf. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Anyway, what about yourself? I mean, that's better. Oh, what else have I been doing? Uh, a good friend of mine gave me a uh, a uh, military surplus rifle, which was outstanding, but it um, doesn't fire, doesn't go bang. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Back, to, back to the drawing boards on that one. <laughs> yeah. So what have I been up to? I gave a friend a military surplus rifle. Doesn't work. So I got to fix it. Um, yeah, no, uh, whatever. Maybe not with the same glue that you fixed my spotting scope with. No, no, I haven't been fixing things very well lately. Um, what have I been doing? Oh, to be fair, I've been mostly doing match prep um, for this weekend's surplus steel match, which somehow I don't think we've ever talked about on the podcast. Um, so this is because it's not precision. Well, it depends. Carl's pretty good with it. Um, okay. So we're running. So obviously, um, we will. Uh, uh, slightly different from a lot of uh, social media gun type stuff because we actually do all this shit but we also host a bunch of major matches here in New Zealand um, but so this match instead of being a precision rifle match it's uh, for military surplus rifles and nearly everything you've, you'll see in New Zealand anyway for shooting these um, cool old service rifles is sort of static um, shooting paper so you know prone um sitting or kneeling than standing real old school shooting sports kind of stuff so we're sort of combining the rifles with sort of our style of events and um more dynamic stuff and sprinkling a little bit more sort of um uh fun into it with a bit more props and um, themed um stuff to it so that's happening this weekend so i've just been flat out um getting ready for that to be fair um and we also opened entries stupidly uh, this week as well for our um, RTD Long Range Challenge, which is our biggest match yeah. of the year. Why didn't you wait for, wait a week? Because oh, I didn't I didn't think it through. So amongst setting up for this other event, I had um, registration for that, which I'm, carries on because people keep messaging and stuff. So yeah, that's um, dealing with that as well. So yeah, very busy. And then... Um, yeah, and then also getting my own stuff ready because I'm going to compete in this match. So this will be Mark's first time as a match director. Um, yeah, which is albeit a installed puppet dictator match director. Well, you so could do all that background work if you wanted. You know how Vladimir Putin swapped from being president to prime minister for a while, but he was still really president. Yeah, it's all something like that. You reckon? <laughs> I get the impression. Um, to be fair, you could do all the admin work if you wanted to. I'm like the French Vichy government in World War Two. <laughs> Pointless. <laughs> Pointless. Just there for decoration. Yeah. And then you, at the end you get called a traitor and hung. Yeah. I'll get my head shaved and march through the streets and hung. So. That was generally for sleeping with German soldiers. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, we digress. No, but yes, so Mark's first time doing that um, big responsibility, um, handing over the reins to someone else. Um, you've, you've been around it enough and helped out enough to know exactly what needs to happen regardless. I've got all the one-liners down pat. Yep, that's a competitor problem. Yes. <laughs> Does it look like I care? <laughs> oh, oh, you think you hit it? One or That's two tyres. <laughs> That's a miss. That's a all miss. All your tyres. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, yeah, so this is going to be another big match for us. Um, but we'll talk about that next time, probably. Uh, as I said, a TD Long Range Challenge. We opened up Fourth to the sixth of March. Yep. Fourth to sixth. So similar but slightly different from last year. Friday is our Long Range Challenge. So we have a 300mm target at um a thousand meters or sorry um 12 inches if you if you're from overseas um and then we have a 24 inch target at 1.6 mile a mile just over 1.6 k's which is a mile um and so again competitors get um a certain amount of shots. eight eight shots and, a, and a, i'll probably actually sh- cut their time down a little bit just to be a bit mean this year um, and they, yeah, and then we don't call the first three or four. 30 seconds. 30 seconds, yeah, Raph. So you will need a straight pull. <laughs> no, um, but two minutes prep time, 30 seconds to shoot. We don't call their first handful of shots. Um, and then if, then after, I think it's like the third or fourth, I'll have to read up on what I wrote in the rules. And um, we will then give them corrections via the spotting scopes. What I'm going to do different this year is not allow anybody who is. Not sh- essentially not match staff to spot because um, what a lot of guys will do is they'll wait as long as they can and they'll spend a heap of time behind the spotter and get a fair idea on uh, what bullets are doing downrange. So, um, and inevitably, competitors end up trying to lie behind their rifle and they end up m- moving back from the firing line. And so, you got pe- don't like it, so they're not going to be behind the rifle, they're not going to be on glass unless they are. That's right. I'll go first to pave the way for everyone else. Well, you'll be shooting a big gun, so I'm sure we'll see your splash from with no optics. But um, yeah, so that's the the long range challenge, which is quite a few competitors. I've never actually set a number, so it's pretty much sold out, I guess. Um, and then on Saturday's our main match, which is the um, like the practical field rifle match. A few more um, man made props in this one than we normally run our other events. Uh, that's um, so the main, practical and open class are about 300 metres out to just under 1,200, 1,150 or something. And then we've got a hunter class too, um, which is for sort of your basic hunter guns, and that goes out to about 400 metres. So that's the main main event, essentially. Uh, uh, you know, that's when the trophies are awarded for those the classes that day. Uh, we are also, for the first time ever in one of our precision matches, running sp- sponsored prizes. Um, but we might do a whole special about that later on. Um, yeah. But when we get a bit more info. Um, but yeah, so there's some cool stuff. School prizes. Again, we generally don't do it, but we thought we would. And, and Mark's sorting it all out, so I don't have to panic about it. And then on the Sunday, instead of... So what we did last year is we ran Saturday and then Sunday and then uh, the sort of an aggregate of the points. I think that's the right word. And then drew the positions from two days of shooting we got really lucky that the weather was pretty much identical pretty much identical wind between the two days last year now whoa 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 so what you're saying is if i get a windy stage i could say no that stage was not windy for the other guys i want to shoot it again 
on the respect that you, you could have like a nice clear calm day and the next day we could have a storm blow through and you'd be shooting it's life it's life man uh, hence hence why hence why okay okay we are running so on the sunday there will be a repeat an overflow day an overflow day but what we've also decided to do because um we don't have enough workload is run a 223 only class and when i say 223 only i mean 223 Remington. Not 224 Valkyrie, not 22250. 556 NATO. That is fine. <laughs> not two even. 223 only. It just keeps it simple, right? And yep. surprisingly popular. This is um, 90% of our entries on Sunday. We're not quite sold out on Sunday. We have maybe a handful of spots. Um, but that's going to be... It's a, good, it's a good day if you want to dip your toes into the sport. 100%. Less pressure. Now, the yeah. 223 class will be competitive i'm not going to beat around the bush there's a lot of good shooters in the 223 class but you could shoot hunter with your standard hunting gun you could shoot practical open and you're just essentially shooting against yourself now we will say who shot well at the end of the day etc but there's no trophies there's no prizes for the over, no. overflow from saturday now there will be but in theory you could think you won yes you could say i won practical day two if it was if it was counted now i'd say there's only like five entries but um in the class but yeah um now you might shoot a better score than the saturday and it turns out you might have had hard luck but uh but as for two to three that is competitive there will be some form of recognition for the um top places in that uh, uh trophy or medals or something we're sort of in the background working on um again we've got some of the um sort of cream of the crop when it comes to New Zealand guys uh, I won't count you and I in that cream of the crop there Mark but and all going well actually you and I will compete in the 223 class on the Sunday which if, if, if everything allows will be nice um, but yeah so that'll finish off a very long three days for us as match directors and staff and hosts and everything um, piece of cake piece of cake so what I'm, I'm probably going to do is I'll book the Monday off um, but yeah it's uh it's going to be good fun, to be fair. I just um, hope it rains before then. It, well, we had rain one time, remember? Jesus Christ. It's the middle of February. It's getting dry, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, no good for the farming side of things. Good for spotting two to three misses, though. Yeah, it's actually um, been doing test shooting up there lately. It certainly throws a lot of dust up, so it's good. So if you shoot into grass, even, it kicks up dust out mm. of the grass. So Yeah. Um, makes it quite easy to spot. So I shot into a hay so I hope it rains, but then I hope it's sort of dry. But, anyway, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're still a, it's still a farm at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, so that's our, our sort of big event. Um, so again, if you are in New Zealand and you want to come along, again, Saturday sold out. There's a reasonably long waiting list on Saturday. But there is some spots available on Sunday for the sort of um, more relaxed repeat or the competitive 223 class. And um, again, we've actually got some quite major sponsors come on board. So we'll see what happens there. Um, not that you should come for sponsors at all. You should come for a good event. But um, yeah, they're companies we like and we work with. So we sort of, we put out the uh, the email if, if, if any of them want to get on board. And, and so far, most of them have. So um, thanks to them. But again, we'll talk about that maybe in a month or so. No, not in a month or so, because then we're nearly at the event. But um. <sighs> Yeah, other than that, I don't think we have a hell of a lot else to talk about for episode 33. Any last closing thoughts from you, Mr. Andrews? No, no. Uh, 
still going good. I've, <laughs> I've, I've improved my digger skills and dug a 30-odd metre trench for the uh, Millset match, so hopefully they, they appreciate that. Yes, I've, I've made an effort not to put any teasers up of this trench. It's going to be a surprise for competitors. Um, uh, it's surprisingly dry now. I can imagine. Um I've got a, it's going to be quite dusty, quite yeah, dusty. Maybe we need a water truck. <laughs> no. no, it'll be fine. Um, yeah. So anyway, we've got big match this weekend, so we've got a lot of work to go. Last minute stuff for that on Friday. And for those of you who are coming, we will see you there. Um, make sure you bring plenty of water and um, you know plenty of sun cover, good hat. Um, other than that, those people who aren't coming, we will talk to you all again in a couple of weeks. Uh, stay safe and um, yeah. See you next time. See ya.